And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edeman. Coming up on the show, we are going to take a look at uh, military. We're going to talk about veterans. We're going to start off with um, a conversation about how homelessness for veterans has spiked. It's seen the largest spike in 12 years. Also coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk about the Navy. It's gotten to a point where the Navy has to reduce their standards to let people in. Is that a good thing? And so we'll take a look at that. And then also, what is the state of the world we live in? And is our military ready to take on some of the things that's going on? In case you haven't heard recently, we've had, I think now five military servicemen killed in action just in the last little bit. And so are we on the brink of war? We're not going to get into the politics of it, but we're just going to take a look at some of these things. Because like I said, first off, you have veterans, okay? Veterans, a homelessness sees the largest spike in 12 years. The homeless veteran population not seeing much of a decline over years. And that's according to a new report from the Department of Veterans Affairs, which has identified the significant spike. So veteran homelessness has increased 7.4% last year in 2023 for the largest surge in 12 years. This has been uh, revealed by the Department of Housing and Urban Development's annual point-in-time count report. So again, you've got Veterans Affairs, you've got HUD, you've got other people looking into the homelessness crisis just in general, I mean, Los Angeles has a huge crisis. San Francisco, a huge homeless population, and the homelessness continues to grow. But the veterans also seeing a spike. Now, apparently there is, well, let's just go on and look. Okay, so on a single night in January 2023, so about a year ago, there were 35,574 homeless veterans in the U.S. Overall, The increase has gone up from 2022 to 2023. So apparently there's been a surge over the last couple of years. And I don't know if they really know what the cause is or what the reason is to as to why the surge is happening. Could be many different things. Could be the the pandemic and all that extra money that people were receiving now coming to an end. It could be the fact that, you know, the economy itself is uh, getting, you know, worse. And so if you're on a fixed income and veterans might be on a fixed income, maybe it's hard for them to make ends meet. It's hard to say. At one point, homelessness was decreasing back in, I guess, 2010. Starting in 2010, I guess they start to see or started to see a downtrend in homelessness for veterans, which is always good to see. Um. But again, it's, it's, it's spiking. Uh, this year's results revealed that 20,000 veterans experienced sheltered homelessness, okay, meaning that they lived in shelters, and that's an increase of almost 3%. Uh, 15,000 were unsheltered, representing 14%, or an uptick of 14% from a year ago. 
Unsheltered veterans represented nearly 80% of the overall increase in homelessness seen in 2023. So of all the homeless problems, homelessness problems that we have seen, that you've heard of, uh, mostly in California, but other places, don't want to put it all on California, but because of the weather, you get a lot of people that are homeless. And homeless tends to go where warm weather is because if you just experienced a Midwest weather that we saw over the last couple of weeks in mid-January of 2024 with negative 20 uh, temperatures, you know, 20 below, zero temperatures and other things and snow, you know, uh, it's hard for someone to be homeless in those conditions. But again, unsheltered veterans represented nearly 80% of the overall increase in homelessness seen in 2023. Why is that? Why do homeless or veterans become homeless? Well, here are some reasons. Their transition to civil life, you know, they go from life in the military, maybe some was there, what, two to four years, that minimal commitment, maybe some longer, maybe some lifetime, but they have a transition to civil life, a jobs, housing, housing's gotten so expensive for a lot of people, just in general. In fact, there was a time where I'd worked for, uh, it was the Frank Sontag show on KKLA in Los Angeles, and we, Andy Bales, was the director, the head of the Union Rescue Mission. He has since retired and, and moved on. And so we would go down there, and we'd have him on the show, and he would come on periodically. But every year, uh, around Thanksgiving time, we would go down there and do a show from the Union Rescue Mission. And a lot of times, we would get more information just from that one yearly trip to the Union Rescue Mission than we would by all the reports and everything that you would see as far as homelessness goes. And the reason is because you're right there on the streets. And one of the things that we started to see was that you would have, let's say, a single mother, have maybe two kids. You can only work so much. There's only so many hours in the day already working two jobs. Can't afford to pay rent because rent is too damn high. And so they would be out on the streets or in this case at the uh, Union Rescue Mission, able to pay the bills, you know, have a telephone, a cell phone, and other amenities like that, clothes and stuff, but you can't afford housing because you're a single parent. So homelessness isn't just for vets, it's for a lot of people. It's not just the mentally ill or the drug uh, addicted or kind of the stereotypical reason why people would be out on the streets. There were some people that were very capable, but because of the circumstances, they just could not afford to have a place. Uh, education and job training. Uh, another reason, you know, a lot of people, I remember growing up, the military was all about go to the military. This was obviously before uh, the Gulf War, but you go into the military and you get money for an education, the GI Bill, and you do your time and then you go off to college. In 1991, that changed when obviously war broke out. And then we've constantly kind of been in a state of war ever since. People started to not want to go to the military because you weren't getting job training or the education, potential education, wasn't going to be there because you're going to war. In fact, I worked with a guy in, uh, in Nebraska and Scott's Bluff when I was at a radio station. He was former military. And when nine, uh, 1991 and the Gulf War was about to break out and they were talking about sending troops overseas, well, all the – because you had to do regular testing and – and your uh, marksmanship, shooting, and stuff like that, all of a sudden people couldn't hit the targets 
because people had gone into the military for every other reason except to go to war. And then in 1991 with the Gulf War, you started to have a real sense of these soldiers realizing they're going to battle. And then obviously in 2001, after 9-11, it became real. And then the last 20-some years spent at war. And now we're starting to see a global situation. You have the war in Ukraine. You have Israel and Hamas. And now you've got these terrorists that are backed by Iran that are now making waves. And like I said, five soldiers recently have been killed in action in the last little bit. And so now all the news coverage is talking about what's going to happen. Are we going to war with Iran-backed terrorist groups? But the point is, is that you've got, at one point, the military wasn't to go to war. It was to get education and job training. And so now when these soldiers come out of their service, what are they trained to do? And they might not have the means to get an education because education has skyrocketed. Gotten to the point where, you know, Joe Biden's promising to pay off everybody's debt, student loan. But these are some reasons why you have, again, transition to civil life, jobs, housing, education or job training, obviously mental health and other health care type issues can lead to homelessness, um, a lack of support groups and a lack of guaranteed income. Now, if you think about it for a minute and you think about all this conversation that's been going on, if you've been following the news, you've been hearing about cities that have been talking about guaranteed income for people. Been talking about guaranteed income and practicing it. There's been some cities in Los Angeles, I believe Compton was one of them, that talked about guaranteed income. So what if we did that? What if we took 40,000 homeless vets because I guess that was the last report as of January 2023, and we gave them $1,000 a month. That would equal $40 million. And then people would sit there and be like, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, is it? Well, let's take a look at what some of the things that the government spends money on and see is there some place that we could take from here and give to there. But before I do that, I want to play a story of a a veteran. He's a young guy that was a veteran and his experience of homelessness after getting out of service. You know, we talked about transition to civil life, right? To civilian life. Here it is. You're young. How old are you? I'm 22, almost 23. Almost 23. And you are from this area originally? San Fernando Valley, just up over the hill. Fresh out of high school, Robert Risman signed up to fight for his country. What makes an 18-year-old join the Army? I wanted to go to college and make something myself, and uh, the Army said they'd pay for it. There's a little bit of a contract. I'm going to serve my country, but then my country's going to serve me. That's kind of what I was hoping for, yeah. Where did it fall apart? It began to fall apart in Iraq. You saw things that I know you don't want to talk about. No, I don't. You probably never want to talk about. No. You see, Robert was in a rapid response unit. He saw action night after night. 
I got back from Iraq and I was having a lot of psychological issues, I guess you could say. Post-traumatic stress? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Back home at Fort Carson in Colorado, he started feeling like people were out to get him. A few months later, someone discovered Robert's illegal sawed-off shotgun hidden in his barracks. According to Army papers, Robert told investigators he was suicidal. At one point, he spent a full day drinking, then sat on the side of the bed with the end of the gun in his mouth. I wish sometimes that, that I had died in Iraq so that my life would have meant something, you know? <sighs> Forced to quit the Army, Robert ended up homeless. So here's a young kid at the age of 18. His intent was to go into the military and then get money for education. He ends up going to war, and now he's dealing with the scars of war, PTSD, rapid response team. Saw a lot of things that he doesn't want to talk about. Suffering from mental health issues. Not really sure why the military would kick somebody like that out. Maybe there's more to the story. We don't know. But you would think that someone like this would be a prime person that would get mental health help and other resources and other groups and amenities that would help him to stay off the street and get the help that he needed. Now, maybe he had the opportunity through the veterans, the VA, and maybe he decided not to go. Maybe he dropped out. Maybe there's some responsibility on his part. But again, the point is that he had a reason to join the military at the age of 18, and that was to get an education, get money anyways for the education. Then four or five years later, after his time is up, he no longer can. And then that's the other thing, too. If he was talking about going to the military to get money for an education, did he lose all that because he got kicked out because of his mental health issues? See, there's a lot of things that they need to, not just with this particular person, but when you talk about veterans coming home, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed so that these soldiers don't fall through the cracks. So that if there is a mental, if they did discover an illegal shotgun, And he's sitting there thinking about shooting himself, ending his life. Why didn't he receive help along the way? How is it that he got homeless? These are some questions and some things that people need to, you know, investigate. But we spend so much time on, our government spends so much time on a lot of wasted stuff that our veterans then end up becoming homeless. And then we have problems. So that was one young guy. Now, I'm not sure... The story was a few years old, tried to look up his name, found some information about him that basically had some criminal record. He fell into some criminal record. So if that is indeed him, and it looks like it was because of all the information that I was able to ascertain from the video and researching who the guy was, he went from homelessness to crime, a life of crime. So what does the government spend money on? Isn't there places that we could take money from and give to homeless vets? I mean, there's been stories and rumors of stories about how the Pentagon loses trillions of dollars every year. You know, we give all kinds of money to foreign aid. Aren't there some areas that we can take and withhold and give then to the veterans? Well, a FAIR study, F-A-I-R study in 2017 
Legal immigration is huge. The border, we're having a mass, a massive invasion at the border. So much so that now the Biden administration, because it's an election year, and even though all these years, the last three years, the press secretary has been up there saying the border's secure, the border's secure, and now all of a sudden, a little bit of a change of tune because it's an election season, but the mass influx of immigration is taking money and resources. But here, a, a study in 2017 found that illegal immigrants are a net consumer of taxpayer benefits with more than $100 billion a year, not including the cost of enforcing the border. So according to this study in 2017, I'm sure it's changed in the last, what, six, seven years, $100 billion, according to the Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, children receive free education. These are children of illegal immigrants, free education, and most qualify for English lessons, free school breakfast, and lunch. Illegal immigrants under federal law have access to hospitals and clinics, urgent care, so any type of urgent medical condition, they need to be treated regardless of legal status. Pregnant women, illegal immigrant pregnant women, are entitled to prenatal and postpartum care under the Women, Infants, and Children program. Infant delivery costs are paid for by Medicaid. A study in the Journal of American Medical Association, so the Bible of Medicine, the American, the Journal of American Medical Association, found a federal state immigrant insurance program cost $2 billion a year in emergency treatment, not including the $1.24 billion in infant delivery expenses. Illegal immigrants, not entitled to food stamps, but families with U.S.-born children, so they come here and they have their kids, um, they are now available to have, like, SNAP programs, which is basically what WIC was, Women, Infant, and Children. According to the Center of Immigration Studies, 31% of such families use SNAP programs, and more than 50% of Central American families in the U.S. use at least one welfare program. Now, you can argue the merits of to whether or not illegal immigration and illegal immigrants and what they should receive and all that. You can argue that later. That's not what this is about. What this is about is a list of benefits and other monies to the tune of $100 billion a year that illegal immigrants get. So if you break into this country illegally, you come across the border, you're getting money. In fact, most recently, the joke has become that you're going to go into Mexico and then sneak back in and pretend you're an illegal immigrant because you get better benefits than you do as a citizen. So, $100 billion. Can't we take some of that and give to our veterans, the people that went and sacrificed, the people that gave everything so that illegal immigrants can come here and get $100 billion worth of free services and goods and everything else? Absolutely. Maybe we should put veterans first and then illegal immigrants behind them in the money line. Or what about $113 billion that Congress in 2022 appropriated for the Ukraine? I'm a firm believer, excuse me, I'm a firm believer now that the Ukraine, the war that's going on, is the biggest money laundering scheme in history. And here's why. So it's been almost two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. Still ongoing. 
and the president of the Ukraine still keeps asking for money. So it tells me two things. One, either Russia is not as powerful as everyone thinks they are, that they can't overtake a country. Or two, this is all a hoax. And of course, Putin and the president of the Ukraine and the American government are all in cahoots to launder money through the Ukraine war. Because we all know that governments and politicians don't care about the constituents. We all know that. We all know that the government of America doesn't care about the people. It's evident everywhere. All they care about is themselves. All they care about is their own pocketbook. How much money, how much power. It's all about them. That's all they care about, the oligarchs of the world. And we see it now from the World Economic Forum and these places that people go and they tell us not to use our gas burners. We can't use our gas furnaces. We can't use gas-powered cars. They want us to eat mealworms and crickets and all that stuff. By the way, Tyson and some of these other companies are already starting to do that with their food, by the way. But anyways, so that's why what's going on with Ukraine? $113 billion appropriated. The larger, uh, the Pentagon has authorized another $886 billion for apparently 2023, maybe into 2024. The U.S. also spends trillions of dollars each year on Social Security and Medicaid. So again, $100 billion a year on illegal immigrants, $113 billion to the Ukraine, trillions on Social Security and Medicaid. Can't we take some of this money and use for veterans? I mean, again, if you're talking about 40,000 veterans, if that is an accurate number, if you just gave them what did I say, $1,000? That would be, what, $40 million? There's obviously money that you can take from places. But let's move on. What about Planned Parenthood? Well, Planned Parenthood gets $600 million a year from the government and taxpayer subsidies. Do they really need six? It's a multi-billion dollar industry alone. The abortion business. Planned Parenthood makes plenty of money. Their former CEO made almost a million dollars a year. You've got a bunch of top executives making half a million dollars a year. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Do they really need $600 million? What if we gave that $600 million to homeless vets? What if we gave half of that, $300 million, to go towards homeless vets? And when I talk about that $1,000, couldn't that be just for rent? That $1,000 could go for rent places. I know in some places like California and maybe New York and New Jersey and some of those places, you probably couldn't be able to get into anything. It's interesting because there is there was a guy on social media that I didn't follow, but I would see his videos. And basically, he would do walkthroughs of apartments in New York City, basically on Manhattan and on the island. And um, you would see these cracker back, uh, Cracker Jack box apartments. for something that's like a closet. So obviously, $1,000 to a vet for rent isn't going to go in New York City, L.A., etc. But there are a lot of places across this country where you could probably get into a place for five, six hundred bucks. I know there's a lot of college uh, housing. You go to these different college cities like Lincoln, maybe Norman, Oklahoma, and these other places, and they have these apartment buildings where you can sign up. And you can have a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom that's shared, a three-bedroom that's shared with two others. And you can either bring your roommates or you just get a signed one. 
And depending upon what your living conditions are, you're looking anywhere between, you know, five, six hundred bucks, maybe a little bit more if you have a one bedroom your own or maybe a two bedroom. But again, if you have colleges that have these private and it's not it's not college housing, it's public housing, you know, like apartments, anybody in theory could sign up for it, but it's designed for college students. So if they have that, couldn't you model that concept for veterans? Couldn't you create something like that? Like they have across the country with campus housing that's privatized, run by private companies. You could definitely do something like that for veterans. And even if they don't have a roommate, compare them up. Just the thought. What about public broadcasting? I'm a fan of public broadcasting, even though a lot of the content might be not agreeable with me, but I am a, uh, a fan of public broadcasting. Um, so, yeah, money to keep it going. Sure, I'm all for that. But we'd have to check into because in 2025, the government is going to get public broadcasting $535 million a year. That's the new budget. So that's almost a billion dollars between Planned Parenthood and public broadcasting. Couldn't we take some of that and give to homeless vets? The bill increases funding. So this public broadcasting bill that is going to give new money, a new budget, uh, also increased funding for the National Endowment for the Arts, National Endowment for the Humanities by $27 million. So they get an increase. They get a pay raise of $27 million. Their budget, the National Endowment for the Arts and for Humanities, is I think as high now as two hundred and seven million. And you can look up what they do, but the National Endowment for the Arts came around in nineteen sixty five, established by Congress, independent federal agency. So the National Endowment of the Arts is an independent federal agency that is the largest funder of the arts and arts education in communities nationwide. So, okay, you're funding the arts. But to the tune of $207 million, what are you actually funding? I mean, this probably isn't arts and crafts in school or art programs in schools, which are sorely underfunded. But I digress. How about Section 8? Okay. For example, New York City's Section 8 program. Section 8 is basically the government pays for housing for people that can't afford it. Section 8 program covers a one-bedroom apartment which rents for $1,945 per month, and two-bedroom apartments with rents of uh, $2,200, so $2,217 according to city limits. So the department offers income uh, assistance or you know rental assistance for people that are of low income. So in the fiscal year of 2022, extremely low income was $28,000. For a family of one, thirty-two thousand for a family of two, thirty-six for a family of three, and forty for a family of four, and so on. So, if you make less than twenty-eight thousand as an independent person, you get money. And in fact, here in New York Section Eight, apparently, you can get up to nineteen hundred and forty-five dollars for one bedroom in assistance. So, again, the point is with all this information here whether it's Section 8, whether it's benefits to the tune of $100 billion for illegal immigrants, whether it's $113 billion or a trillion or a gazillion that's going to the Ukraine, whatever it is that we're spending on public broadcasting, Planned Parenthood, Section 8, social uh, programs like Medicare and Social Security and so on, 
isn't there enough money that we could get these 40,000 veterans a place to live? Could we not? Could the government not maybe create? I mean, how many times have they closed bases? If they're going to close a base, couldn't they turn it into base housing? You know, like a mini city for the veterans? At least give them a place, a transition. If they have a hard time transitioning to civil life, I mean, there are programs out there for prisoners that go through transition to civil life. There are programs out there for foster kids when they age out of foster care so that they can go through, so they can transition to, you know, non-foster care life. There are all kinds of programs out there. What about programs for jobs, for veterans? I mean, these people gave everything to give us the freedoms that we have today, and yet they are discarded, they're neglected. And these are just the homeless. What about the people that maybe have a place to stay, but they're still suffering from mental illness? Maybe they don't have the health care that they deserve. Maybe they don't have the support group. I mean, you think about the, the Wounded Warrior Projects and some of these you know, tunnels to towers or towers to tunnels, some of these organizations, right? Why do we even have those? I mean, seriously, why do we even have those? The government should be giving these veterans everything that they need because they fought, they served, they bled. And of course, a lot died. Many have died. But there is so much money floating around out there. I remember back during the Obama administration, taxes were so high like as far as the amount of money that they received. They were setting records for tax income that the government was receiving from taxpayers. So we are flush with cash. I mean, we saw it during the pandemic. Money was just being thrown away, like it was back in the dot-com era, just throwing money at people. People were quitting their jobs because they were making more money on government assistance from the pandemic than they were having a job. So there is plenty of money to go around, and there's no way that these veterans should not have the services, housing, education, and so on to be able to not be living out on the streets. Go Navy. Actually, it's go Army, beat Navy, but Navy. So you have these veterans that are struggling on the streets. But according to reports, the Navy, at least this report, the Navy, because they cannot meet their goals for recruitment, and in fact, in 2023, they missed their recruiting goals by nearly 6,000. They have decided that those applicants that want to enlist can now include people that do not graduate from high school or have their GED. Before, it used to be that you have to have your high school diploma or a GED, then you can enlist in the Navy. Now they're doing away with that requirement because not only have they missed their recruitment goals, but as you can see, the world is on the edge 
of war. Again, you've got war in Ukraine. You've got Israel and Hamas. You've got an invasion at the southern border. You've got Iran-backed terrorists launching drone attacks and killing American servicemen. This particular incident was in Jordan on the Iraqi-Syrian border. A couple Navy SEALs were killed doing something. Uh, But that was confirmed not too long ago. So we're on the verge of another war, another world war. And the Navy is down people. So the quote goes from Vice Admiral Rick Cheeseman. We get thousands of people into our recruiting stations every year that want to join the Navy, but do not have the educational credential. And we just turn them away. So apparently... They turn them away. Well, the new plan will allow recruits who don't have education or the credentials, at least that were once required, to enlist. They can. As long as they score a 50 or above out of 99 on the qualification test. So that's 50%. I don't know anybody anywhere that passes something at 50%. Whatever. Whatever. But this is the first time that the Navy has allowed such recruits since the year 2000, which was right before 9-11. The Navy has turned away over 2,400 potential recruits last year because they lacked education credentials. The move marks the second time the Navy has lowered certain standards in a bid to fight its continued recruiting wars or woes. I guess they're recruiting wars too because you're competing with the Army, you've got the Navy, you've got the Marines, you've got the Air Force. Maybe Space Force? Do they recruit for Space Force? Is Space Force still around? The Navy failed to meet its goal of enlisting 37,700 new recruits last year. The goal is higher this year. So if they missed by about 6,000 last year, chances are they're probably going to miss by a greater amount this year if they don't make some changes. The Navy is looking to bring in 40,600 recruits so that they have just over 330 thousand as a total force of strength so they are lowering the bar to allow people in is that a good idea i don't know is it good to have numbers regardless of how they are proficiently cheeseman says i need soldiers so it's a stretch goal We're telling our recruiters to get 40,600 people to join the Navy. We don't fully expect to get that, but we're going for it. So the move to lower entry standards is rare and has been resisted by other branches of the military because leaders fear that lowering performance, basically you're getting lower performing recruits, I guess, they're more likely to wash out of boot camp or fall victim to disciplinary issues during their time in the service. So there is some truth to that uh, because I'll tell you why in a second. Future sailors have and continue to qualify for ratings based on ASVAB, which is some sort of testing, and you get a score. got some information on that. And they're hoping to add that uh, these potential sailors would then have the opportunity to use free academic skills, training programs, and other test preparation courses to assist them in earning their GED while they serve. Okay, that's all fine and dandy. But part of my duties 
in education is I teach a GED, a couple GED courses, trying to help students get their GEDs. What people often forget and don't realize is that you are covering four years of high school in this program. So somewhere along the line, students drop out and they don't make it for whatever reason. Some are disciplinary issues. Some might be disabilities, like they couldn't hack it in school. Others just walked away because they weren't interested. So there's a lot of reasons why you're dealing with someone who drops out of high school. For women, a lot of times it's a pregnancy, an unwanted pregnancy. Um, And so there's a lot of different reasons. Not really probably the type of person initially that you would look on a resume and say, oh, you dropped out of high school. How are you going to perform on the job? You dropped out of high school. Will you drop out of this? Why did you drop out of high school? Oh, disciplinary problems. You got kicked out for fighting, for threatening teachers, for committing crimes out in the community, whatever. Have these people changed and what type of person are they going to be in the military when their issue at one point was probably with authority. They had issue with authority in high school. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to submit to the authority of the military? Probably not. But I guess if you need recruits, you need people, you bring them in. Now, if you bring them in, what are you promising them? An education? Well, they dropped out. Is that what they're looking for? Are they looking to join the Navy to get an education? Well, they dropped out at one point. Now, on a side note, people that drop out of high school for many reasons doesn't mean that they can't have a second chance in life. That's why I teach in the GED program because I believe in that second chance. I want to be there to help them. And I've dealt with all kinds of students from all walks of life, every reason under the sun why they've dropped out, and I've helped them or am helping them get their GED. We've seen a lot of people graduate the GED program from some pretty tremendous horrific backgrounds. And now they've got a second chance on life. At least they're starting that second chance with their high school education. So it's not a bad thing to give people a second chance. The question, I guess, when it comes to the Navy in this particular instance and why other military branches have kind of not jumped on board to lowering their standards is because perhaps the type of person that you're getting might not be the type of person that can submit to authority, might not be the type of person that will commit and fully commit to the program because they've dropped out once. Yeah, I've had many people come in and they want to get their GED. It's their own personal choice. No one's pushing them. It's voluntarily. Oh, they do it voluntarily. It's a volunteer thing. And yet they still drop out. So they dropped out of high school. They dropped out the GED program. They've come out and they've dropped out the GED program again. That's just what they do in life. They have a hard time fulfilling a commitment. No judgment, that's on them, that's fine. But are those type of people going to enlist and be able to make it? So there's a lot of questions again, and there's not a one-size-fits-all answer. But if you're just going to allow these people in because you've lowered the standards, how is that going to affect the military? How is that going to affect people when you're sitting there and you're relying on somebody else for your life. Could you imagine being on the deck of an aircraft carrier and you're a pilot and you're about to launch? You have to put your full faith and trust in somebody that you're going to launch off that ship 
and make it or land and any number of things. So again, I guess we'll have to wait to see. But the Navy dropping their standards. And anytime somebody drops their standards, never really a good thing in the overall scheme of things. But I guess we'll wait and see. Now, when it comes to the testing, okay, they were talking about the test, right? So they can get in, and I guess they've got multiple tests. But according to this, future sailors have and continue to qualify for ratings based on ASVAB line scores, okay? So there's a few things that they're tested on, and I've got a couple sample things here. Um, Arithmetic reasoning, word knowledge, auto information, electronics information, general science, or just five of them. And so here's some of the questions that they might see on this test. Okay, arithmetic reasoning. If the tire of a car rotates at a constant speed of 552 times in one minute, how many times will the tire rotate in a half an hour? So the reasoning would be you have to figure half an hour is 30 minutes, and then you figure out the math. Or one in every nine people in town vote for party A. All other vote, all others vote for party B. How many people vote for party B in a town of 810? A faucet gives 20 gallons of water in five seconds. How many gallons does it give in seven seconds? So that's some of the math reasoning. And I can guarantee you that there's going to be some people that struggle with that because math is the number one subject when people come into the GED program that they are most deficient on. Another area is word acknowledgement. For example, what does antagonize mean? And they'll give you some definitions. These are multiple choice, by the way. Uh, wilted, what does that mean? Apprehension, quiver, and so on. So they give you some words and they want you to, you know, find the definition. What about auto information? Shock absorbers on a car connect the axle to what? A, B, C, or D. Where does combustion take place? The radiator on a car is part of the what? Electronics information. Because solid state diodes have no filament, they what? Which of the following is measured using an ohm meter? What does the abbreviation AC stand for? General science, air is less dense than water because 100 degrees Celsius is equal to what in Fahrenheit? Salt helps melt ice because it, and if you live in the Midwest and you just dealt with that blizzard that came through, you know why salt melts ice. And the principal gas in the Earth's atmosphere is? So those are some of the questionings, uh, the questions that you might get on that test in the Navy once you get in. So if you don't have your degree, but the other problem is this. Okay, this is my point real quick. So if you don't have your diploma, high school diploma or GED, and you never studied it, there's a lot of people I can give this to in my GED class, and they won't even, they won't know half of the stuff. They wouldn't be able to pass it. So again, what are you going to do when you get and you enlist these people that don't have an education? If the Navy wants to do that, that's on them. I'm not here to say whether it's right or wrong, good or bad because we need Navy people. But are they going to be able to pass some of those questions? Chances are probably not. You know, now that we're on the brink of war in this country, it kind of takes me back to the fact that you're hearing speeches, and it's a political year too, it's a campaign year, 
a voting year, election year, I guess is what it is. But I was reminded of a couple speeches by Ronald Reagan, and I don't think there's been a president like Ronald Reagan, obviously, since Ronald Reagan. None of them compare. In fact, Ronald Reagan would probably be the, the fifth face that you could put up on Mount Rushmore. I mean, just look at this, look at, look at this uh, speech that he did, okay? He's talking about the price of freedom. We're talking about homeless vets. These are people that actually make it back from war. You've got mental health issues. They've got transition to civil life issues. You've got uh, jobs and housing. You've got all kinds of things that they're facing. And those are the ones that made it back, and yet they're discarded. You've got Super Bowl coming up as of this broadcast, and a lot of people looking to football players and celebrities and other people. I mean, Taylor Swift, everybody wants the Ravens to win because they don't want Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift's going to ruin the Super Bowl. You look to social media influencers, people who have never sacrificed anyone or anything for anyone except themselves, and that's what society wants to emulate. Society wants to emulate people who will, will never sacrifice for somebody else but will do whatever it takes to promote their own self-interest, the narcissists. But here is uh, Ronald Reagan. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. You know, we don't get speeches like that anymore. We don't get speeches that can inspire people, that bring us together, that unite us. I mean, have you ever thought of what or where Bella Wood is? What about Omaha Beach? the Guadalcanal, Pork Chop Hill, or the rice paddies of Vietnam. Veterans have sacrificed their lives so much, and yet they return home. They're forgotten. There's a great scene at the end of uh, the movie We Are Soldiers. just came to my mind. Otherwise, I probably could have brought it up. But, um, And I recommend you watch the end of that movie. But it's, it's there. They come home, and there's nothing. There's no one. We've forgotten about them. They go off to become homeless or deal with the mental health issues, things like that on their own. Fortunately, there are people that do have a support group that can help them. And 
bring them home and have their transition to civilian life go okay. But there's no reasons for vets to be homeless, discarded, forgotten. They should be front and center. Again, no reason why we should have the Wounded Warrior Project. We should have money allotted to build homes that can help injured veterans live day to day. The heroes of today versus yesterday are completely different. People don't think of heroes of today as soldiers. They think of them as the Taylor Swifts. And we get crazy when AI-generated pictures come out. We want to riot and protest. Or the George Floyds and others become the heroes. But yet, are they really? The actors, the celebrities, the people that... They do things for society, but they're not the reason why. In fact, they forget. Country music's a little different. Toby Keith and some of those people, Alan Jackson, um, they recognize the veterans. And I know there's others that do that too. But on a whole, a lot of celebrities and others that have the freedoms to do what they do don't recognize where those freedoms come from. And those are the people that we elevate as heroes. Colin Kaepernick. So you have the the people that have fallen and you have the people that make it back but never fully come back because they're on the streets. It's gotten to the point in society where we, the people, have been neglected by the government. I give you Ronald Reagan once again. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. We are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. And this makes us special among the nations of the earth. Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. It is made up of men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, man our mines and factories, teach our children, keep our homes and heal us when we're sick. Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks, cabbies, and truck drivers. They are, in short, we the people. Their patriotism is quiet but deep. Their values sustain our national life. The government of the people, by the people, for the people. But like Ronald Reagan said, there's an elite group out there that thinks that we can't govern ourselves, that they have to govern us, that instead of a nation has a government, they're a government that has a nation. They're deity. They're oligarchs. We should serve them. They're the kings and lords over us, and we're just the peasants and serfs. We need to get back to government of the people by the people, for the people. And who are these people? Well, we could say us in general, but it's the farmers, the workers, the people that go into the plants, manufacturing, the doctors, the teachers, the shopkeepers, the cab drivers, the truck drivers. That's who we the people are. Not the people that spend 40 years in Congress. Not the people that want to get reelected over and over and over so they can leech off the teat of the American people that don't care about us 
that don't care about what we do, how our lives are. All they want to do is fill their pocketbooks, maintain their power, keep their luxurious lifestyle. The oligarchs, the kings, the lords. It's time, especially in this election year, that we get back to the people. We give back to the people, the nation that belongs to us. We the people, because it is a government of the people. Those on Capitol Hill and other places, they're not of the people. They're of themselves. They're of their elite mindset. Time to vote them out. We need to get by the people in there. People that are going to put America first again. Give us back our country. Make sure that we can leave our country to the next generation. Because right now, the way it's going, the way it's headed, there's not going to be a country. All great empires implode from within. And America is starting to crack. The implosion is starting to begin. It's not too late to fix it, but if we continue down this path, it's going to be over. There will be no farms for farmers. There will be no shops for shopkeepers. Teachers have already started to crumble. We're starting to see a lot of radical teachers and a lot of radical places influencing our kids. It's no longer about reading, writing, and arithmetic. I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast. The kids in America today lack proficiency at grade level in math, in reading, and now even in science. And there's some places, some states, some school districts where it's 0% have any proficiency in math, reading, and now science. So instead of focusing on all this other crap that the government is focusing on, trying to force us to eat locusts and mealworms and all that other stuff, or to focus on the woke agenda, focus on things that are destroying this country, focusing on the destruction of our kids. We need to get back to families, communities, coming together and creating an environment, not the climate environment, but an environment so that we can thrive so that veterans do not have to be homeless, so that veterans can come back from war knowing that they have the gratitude of a nation because they sacrificed to give us the freedom so we can maintain the freedoms. And that's the sad thing. They go sacrifice everything. And if they make it back, they still sacrifice. They've left it in the sand. And they've come back. And yet, we're not, not only are we not grateful, but we're just giving it away at the southern border. We're just giving it away to other people, to other things, to other ideology. And the sacrifice that they've made is now in vain. So why does anybody want? Is there a reason why the Navy hasn't met their quotas? Absolutely. Who wants to go serve and die someplace else on a foreign shore for this government when they're the ones that are corrupt, when they're the ones that are leeching off the teeth of the American people? It's time to take our country back. And the best way to do that is at the ballot box. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Check out our uh, website, radiowarp.com. That's radio, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com. You can click on the Two Steps Ahead Podcast logo and all of our shows pop up. you got the video shows on our Rumble page. You can click the video and it'll play on our website. Or you can go to our Rumble page. 
Um, you can also click the orange banner that goes across the center of the screen. That's our audio page. Takes you to our SoundCloud link, and you can uh, our SoundCloud page, and you can click the download button and download episodes and take them with you on the go. You can also listen anywhere you listen to podcasts: Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia, pretty much anywhere, or just do an internet search of TWO. The two is TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Also on YouTube, um, you can email the show at TWO. Two steps at podcast at gmail.com. I will get back to you. Uh, so go ahead and email the show for any reason whatsoever. Even if you're a homeless vet and you have no place to turn to and you want some place, start there. I might not be able to help you personally, but I might know some people that can help you and at least get you pointed in the right direction. You don't have to go alone. If you're not a vet and you're struggling with anything and you don't know where to turn or what to do or where to go or just need a voice on the other end of something, send me an email. And I'll get back to you. You can check out our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's all TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Um, you can also message me there. And you can uh, get in touch with me there. Uh, my personal site, uh, Instagram, is uh, Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, if you want to know more a little bit about me. But uh, we're pretty much easy to find. Hey, Gur- uh, hey, Surrey, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and our show pops up. So pretty easy to find. We're here for you. You don't have to go it alone. But I think that it's uh, time we take back our country. Veterans should not be on the back burner. Well, no. Can we have a burner anymore? They want to take it away from us. But veterans should not be forgotten. Veterans should not be a second thought. There no longer should be veterans on the street corner holding a sign that says, Vet wants food or We'll work for food or whatever the signs are saying now. Although I must say the most comical one that I saw, and I commend his honesty, was just need weed. Hey, man, more power to you um, for the honesty. But again, there's no reason why these people should be out there. They should have housing, jobs, food. They're the ones, they're the reason why we have the freedoms that we have today. Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you. Can't say it enough. Take your passion, whatever it is, make it happen. Don't let those obstacles in life get in your way. Overcome them. Make a plan. Overcome them. You get knocked down, get back up again. Let yourself be great. Whatever greatness is for you, let yourself be great. Because you got to take that passion, make it happen. You got to let yourself be great. You got to soar high. And enjoy life because you only get one. Again, I'm Sonny. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.